You know what I just realized? What's that? To the point in the pregnancy where I can't sleep through the night anymore. So you know how long it'll be before I can sleep through the night again? Um, a while? At least a year. Oh, a year. Ugh. <laughs> well, um, what do you want to do in the meantime? Talk about comics? Yes! I'm Christina Edelman. And I'm Chris Edelman. And this is Chris's On Infinite Earths. The podcast where nothing will ever be the same. Welcome to issue five, episode five of our Crisis on Infinite Earths coverage. Yes. So this is a Chris's On Infinite Earth covering Crisis on Infinite Earth. And so if you are not familiar with Crisis on Infinite Earth, this is your first listen. Um or you haven't listened to the first episodes of our podcast, uh, go back and give episodes one through four a listen so we're on the same page. We'll be here waiting for you. Like literally sitting in our closet just waiting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, what did you think of issue five of Crisis on Infinite Earth since you've been rather harsh on this uh, in general since maybe like issue two? Yeah. I'm really pleased that more things have happened. But I still have a problem with the overload of characters and the repeat characters that we have. I don't feel like I have enough stake in to care about. Man, maybe we shouldn't have done a podcast about uh, big events because I feel like hey, this is going to be emotive. I did not feel this way about Secret Wars. I felt invested in my little, well, not little, but it was a large group of core characters that repeated over time. Yeah, whereas you think that's going to happen with Crisis, but it just kind of like exponentially explodes yeah yeah and i feel like our big standout characters are just like we've got harbinger and the monitor are like and then and and then the the luther boy they're literally all characters created for this event right just somewhat interesting right so it's interesting it's i'm glad the story's moving along and i think i've definitely determined that Crisis is different in a lot of ways than Secret Wars, some of which I like and some of which I've been harsh on. So we'll see if its differences pay off in its ending. Well, do you want to get into the summary? Yeah, summary. We open as the shadowy evil guy realizes that even though Earths 1 and 2 were destroyed, he has somehow not gained their energy. He has also kidnapped the Flash, as he is the only one who can freely and easily travel between universes. Aboard the Monitor's satellite, a shocked Lila realizes that she has murdered the Monitor. Luckily, as we know, he totally knew she was going to do it and was pretty much cool with it. A post-mortem movie reveals that in the Monitor's death, he gave all his energy to his tuning fork towers, as well as containing Earths 1 and 2 within himself. However, this has some unfortunate side effects, which we will soon see. Alexander Luther, now a gold-clad adult, enters the room saying the best way to remember the Monitor is to save the multiverse. Back on Earth 1, things have gone completely bananas. 
All time periods seem to have merged with a ghostly overlay of Earths 1 and 2, also the name of the game. Alexander Luther, Harbinger, and the Pariah have also brought a huge host of heroes, and even villains, to their satellite, where they call upon them to ensure that the remaining Earths live. A bunch of heroes have a fun sort of meet-cute before in general agreeing to help. However, some doubters want to be sent back to Earth to survey the true extent of the damage. Alexander sends them back to Earth before we briefly cut to the Green Lantern Corps being attacked by their power battery, much as their masters, the Guardians, were. The heroes band together in a montage of scenes to save the civilians from the various storms and prehistoric creatures that threaten this new status quo Earth. The shadowy figure turns the red tornado into a literal storm, which he throws at the heroes. During the chaos, Ted Grant, the wildcat, is heavily injured by a lightning bolt and a bad fall, ensuring that he will be unable to be wildcat any longer. The magic users of DC band together to stop this storm and thus disable Red Tornado. Also, Brainiac 5 has concluded that Earths 1 and 2, while they need to merge, cannot do so unaided, or both worlds will be destroyed. After seeing the chaos for themselves, all the heroes agree to join together. The enemy, however, uses his powers to start to destroy the Monitor satellite. The Flash taunts the evil one, saying that he is afraid to show himself. This guy totally calls Barry's bluff, revealing a very sinister robotic face and claiming that he is in fact the Monitor. He has also revealed that there are three other remaining Earths. The first of these, Earth X, is under threat from even more encroaching antimatter. Alright, so um, the cover of this issue definitely seems to portray what we thought was maybe going on at the end of the last issue, which is that the two Earths are kind of starting to merge together. Earths yeah. 1 and 2, I mean. They're in sort of an interesting overlapping Venn diagram sort of uh, position. And we have a background of monochromatic faces of heroes and villains. Right, and what's cool is where there's an overlap, Sort of um, right, like in the very middle, you see two versions of the same character with half their face being the Earth 1 version and half their face being the Earth 2 version. Mm-hmm. So you've got the Flash and then Superman. Um, I believe that's Hawkman and then Wonder Woman um, and even like Green Lantern and stuff. It's kind of neat. Yeah. Some cool art. Yeah. So we open in uh, the shadowy evil guy's lair we yeah. can we can always tell because the background is black it's literally just jet black mm-hmm. and he's kind of celebrating uh his supposed victory over the monitor yeah he says it is done the first two prime universes are gone but why has my strength not increased but of course a uh, psycho pirate interrupts focusing once again on himself as he kind of has been pretty pretty self-motivated guy or self-centered guy i don't know he's like well what about me what about my power i thought you promised me you promised me things dude why does psycho psycho pirate want his powers to get better if there are no earths i don't know i think he has in his mind and what it seems like this uh, shadowy evil figure has conveyed is that there's going to be some sort of new earth the psycho pirate gets to shape and mold Mm. right so it's it's funny that these these two evil guys seem to be speaking two separate languages, one of which is the or of the evil shadowy guy saying like 
I destroyed the monitor in his earth, but why don't I have power? And Psycho Pirate going, yeah, but why haven't you given me any power? Mm-hmm. Power, power, power. power. Right. The, um, the evil also claims that the Psycho Pirate's not that unique, and he could just... Yeah. He's like, hey, be quiet, because I could just replace you. Right. I could have another you in a minute. <laughs> to the left. <laughs> to the left, to the left. Turns out it wasn't a he, it was a she, and it was Beyonce. <laughs> Apparently our shadowy figure has uh, some plans for the Red Tornado. Right, which is tornado-related, um, hilariously enough. And then also, he grabbed the Flash, but not to, like subvert him in any way just because the flash is the only one who can travel between universes so he wants him out of the way that also can't be true right there's got to be others who could travel through the universes you would think i i swear that's the case so is he grabbing the which flash is he grabbing well there's only one flash that can travel between the universes and that's barry the uh flash jay garrick from earth 2 isn't fast enough okay i wasn't sure if there was because there were three other Earths. Oh, true. And I wasn't sure if there were other of, flashes on them. The Earths that still exist in Crisis, there's only the two flashes. Oh, okay. And then probably okay. a kid flash. Well, if he thought he destroyed those Earths, how is he grabbing the flash? Yeah, well, he grabbed <laughs> the flash beforehand. Oh, he grabbed the flash beforehand. Okay. But it's weird that he's bringing it up now. Right. <laughs> he's just recapping his evil plans. He has he has his, his evil bullet are, journal. His villains are want to do. Right. But he kind of ends with, all right, Psycho Pirate, we have things that we have to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we, um, on the next page, we have kind of a... We have the worlds in limbo. Worlds in limbo. It's everybody on these earths. How low can they go? I feel like we need some, like, festive music in the background of yeah, this. Yeah, drop it. Drop it in. Drop it in, oh mighty editor. Okay. Dun, 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 dun. I'll have to see about copyrights for that. <laughs> I think we can maybe do 10 seconds of limbo. fair use. 10 seconds of fair use of the limbo song. <laughs> so the worlds are doing the limbo. And uh, unfortunately, Monitor is um, not going to limbo. He is. Mm-hmm. He's deceased. Let me clue you in on the deals for reals. <laughs> He's gone. He is. He, he is gone. gone. I mean, we assume. Why are you giggling at that? <laughs> Chrissy's like, monitor's mad dead. I feel like we were still giggling about the limbo stuff. Oh, okay. Right. Uh, but he but looks... I, I mean, I, I giggle about death in comics because it never really seems that permanent. I could be wrong, but I've read a bunch of DC since then. I don't think this particular dude has come back. Okay. I could be wrong. Okay. I could be really wrong. I mean, because like when you were first getting me into comics, you were like, well, he died then. But then he <laughs> came back. I'm like. They call it the revolving door of comics death. It's not. It's definitely a thing. Yeah. Grant Morrison references it all the time in his comics. So, I mean, it really makes deaths much less impactful in comic, comics. Yeah. A lot of a lot of deaths in comics are sort of about the shock value. Like, oh, right now this is bad. Right, but it's not that shocking if it happens all the time and they always come back. It's also not shocking that the monitor died because because we they've knew. been foreshadowing it for like the entire run of the comic. Maybe not in the first issue. Maybe we didn't get it in the first issue. True, but well, as Pariah kind of kneels over his corpse and kind of uh, is a little like self pitying, uh, as as is his thing. Lila appears and is like, "Oh no." <laughs> 
Oh, I had a bad dream. I did this. Looks like I did this. Which is Lila, is Lila and Harbinger, like, are they? It seems like there's a little bit of separation between them. Right. But they don't, they don't go into it a whole lot. No. And, you know, so Pariah was crying and now Lila's crying. And Pariah's like, wait, but where was that Harbinger chick? Like, nobody, nobody gets that. She just puts on a headpiece. Yeah, she just puts some, on a goofy little headpiece. Some, and a lycra suit. Yep. To be fair, Pariah just, he just showed up. <laughs> like, he's, he hasn't been here for very long. Um, and then they, on the next page, they kind of get an image. This is, this is kind of fun. Cause you, you, they hear the monitor talking and Pariah goes, impossible. I know he's dead. As in his first thought is that he has magically come back to life. <laughs> hey, that would be my thought if I was in a comic book too. <laughs> but it's actually like a video projection. Yeah, I just imagine me in comics, just kind of like Gwenpool in comics. <laughs> <laughs> just knowing what's going on. Yeah. Oh, that's that's what's fun about Gwenpool. Oh. <laughs> uh, okay, where well, we digress. Mm-hmm. And he's, the, the monitor is basically saying like, hey, uh, Harbinger, Lila, I knew you were going to be possessed. I knew all this was going to happen, and it's okay, because it's part of my plan. And let me tell you about the plan. It's a, it's kind of real Jesus-y. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, real, real, real messiah sort of. Right. Yeah. So killing him released all of his power, which activated his machines, but also allowed him to kind of temporarily absorb uh, the two universes. Well, he created another verse. Right. He does say Earth's one and two and all their respective planets exist within me. Which is strange. Yeah. Um, yeah. He also, the remaining his remaining energy has been used to calm the populace. Which, you know, that's pretty good. And it explains some of what we're about to see. Man, think about the conspiracy theories that would have to exist within the DC universe. It's not like the government's fluoridating the water to keep me calm. It's like... This extra-dimensional being called the Monitor has imprisoned us all within his nether universe. Are you saying the Earth's flat? No, the Earth's totally round, but there's two of them, and we're all in one place. But that's true. That's not even conspiracy theory. (laughs) What must the conspiracy... How out there must the conspiracy theories be? Or maybe they're just, like, really tame. They're like, there are no superheroes. We're all just living a decent, normal life, and it's all made up. Or there are no superheroes. We're just all the subject of someone else's creative mind in a comic. That's also been done in comics before. <laughs> Time has become one, meaning that we are going to have a, a fun... Well, it's somewhat. It is in the, it's all in the process of somewhat merging. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, and more... No, I think it is the the time has become one, but the Earths haven't fully become one yet. They are they are sort of slowly merging, right? And once they merge, they apparently will destroy it all, unless they can figure something out, right? Unless they can they can uh, yes make the uh, monitors vibrational tuning forks or whatever, right? Because the or- vibrations are what's keeping them separate. Those good vibrations. It's just another good vibration. Mm-hmm. So after the monitor's message ends, we get Alexander Luther, who just shows up in a gold suit. Mm-hmm. And I knew it. He's not part like night sky. 
like he was de- depicted in the last comic. It was just some fun shadowing or reflections of the space that he was in. Nope. I don't know. I still think he's part night sky. He is half man, half sky. <laughs> oh, no, and he's got this like delightful red afro. I'm like, so this guy like grows to being an adult like within the span of a day or two, mm-hmm. but only grows an afro worth of hair. Yeah, it's not That's like... That's real sad. <laughs> Maybe he cut it while he was doing Maybe. stuff. And he just decided that was or what like, he wanted to like, like his nails. How often must he have had to cut his nails if he was growing that fast? It's fine. It's it's the little ball he was in did it for him. How long did he stay in that ball before they're like, hey, do you need a burger or something, guy? <laughs> okay. But yeah, apparently before the monitor died, like he told... He told Alex Luther all sorts of stuff. Mm-hmm. He just kind of left him the car keys to the to the satellite. Mm-hmm. Left him left some stuff in the glove box. Gave him a honey do list. Mm-hmm. Time to go. <laughs> he told him that he's both positive and negative matter and instructions on how to help the worlds survive. But first, we got to shoot the monitor into space. Is that yeah? They just kind of like they spock gotta... out his remains there. Yep. Of all the souls I've met in my travels, his was the most mutton choppy. <laughs> oh. And Lila apparently truly loved him. Yeah, even though she claimed in the first one at issue that he kept her as a slave. I want some more Lila backstory. Eh, yeah. Do I? Maybe I don't care. Uh, but it does seem like a pretty cool tube that they shot him through. Like, very psychedelic. Yeah, that's kind of strange. And where does he go? Because they're like in a netherworld. Well, are they in a netherworld? The Earths are. I don't know. It's fine. Let's keep going. (laughs) So we zip back to the the evil satellite or evil something, Uh evil area. Who apparently, now that he's seen the video understands what the monitor did but he didn't get that from like because the monitor had to record that video like well is it did did this guy or this evil individual see the video but he spies on everybody he's got monitor screens like the monitor does who monitors the monitor the evil one (laughs) right Oh. Yeah, but it is... He's he's figured out the monitor's plan. He has. And Psycho Pirate is, of course, still me, 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 me. What am I supposed to do? Right, and now we do get re- the reveal that the the evil person... Man, I can't wait. I know this one, this... Yes, we've already revealed it in the summary, but we're trying to keep it a secret until we reveal it in the actual well, discussion. Well, and he's, he's given a different title later that's kind of the one that he's known by. Right. Yeah, all right, well, that person will give... Psycho Pirate, the last three Earths, which I don't think are just one and two. I think it's the one and two, and then there's three others. Right. Because we have Earth X. Mm -hmm. And Earth S, and then there's another one. Well, we're not there yet. We're not there yet. Right now we're on on evil black space. Mm Mm-hmm. Very, very dark. Uh, And the Flash is there and just kind of wakes up and is like, oh, where am I? What answers? Right. And uh, Psycho Pirate calls him Flasher, which is weird. Yep. And then uh, Psycho Pirate uses his powers to scare the Flash while explaining to him about that the Earths are messed up and they're living in all times at, at once. Mm-hmm. Poor Flash. He's just, at the end of the page, is just shouting, please don't hurt me. 
Sometimes I feel like it's really hard to convey Psycho Pirate's, like, power, how terrifying he is in comics, because it's just, like, okay, he's and just kind of cowering and He's got blue goop, or, like, little blue lines coming off of him to right. indicate that he's scaring right. the Flash. But it's not like, you know, villains that can manipulate matter or, like, do, like, really cool, terrifying things. He just makes you feel scared. <laughs> He just makes you feel, man. Um, the Psycho Pirate comes back in another crossover that takes place like 20 years. That was published like 20 years after this one. And his mask is way creepier to me. So I feel like that's a good way to portray it. Because mm-hmm. right now he just looks a little bit like a goofy court gesture. Jester. A goofy court gesture. <laughs> My favorite court gesture is when they bang the gavel. <laughs> I don't know. I like some of that finger wagon. <laughs> Court gestures. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're goofy. All right. So now uh, we're going to spend some time on the this kind of halfway merged earth. And there is this really fun big panel where there's like a bunch of different kinds of aircraft from the past, present, and future. And a bunch of different buildings from the past, present, and future in a big old Tyrannosaurus. Yeah, what are the air traffic controllers doing right now? Drinking. Like, yeah. <laughs> How do you monitor all that? Right. And we have the reporter, Lana Lang, who is um, reporting on this. We've kind of, we're kind of getting this from, like, a news perspective. And all the captions seem to be, like, from a news perspective as well, from Lana Lang. Mm-hmm. Do you know who Lana Lang is, Christy? Uh, I do from Smallville. Yeah, she's the same character, basically, like Clark Kent's, like, girlfriend from when he was a teenager. Mm-hmm. Right? She's got red hair as opposed to the the dark hair of Lois Lane. Uh, there's a thing with... There's another LL. There's a lot of double L's in Superman. Uh-huh. Lex Luthor, Lois Lane, Lana Lang. Mm-hmm. LOL. Lots of love. That's yep. what LOL means. <laughs> it sure does. Um, it, grandfather it's... died. LOL. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Um, but yeah, we're just kind of getting a summary of that. There's, there's T-Rexes and people from every era and it's confusing. Do you, I love though that George Perez just got to go nuts on this page and it's like, George, just draw some Tyrannosauruses and rocket ships. Yeah, And he's like, say no more. There's like a, there's like a big, I, I want to just say pirate ship because that's just, but I don't think it's actually a pirate ship. It is a, a. A sailboat, like, from the 17th-ish century or something. Mm-hmm. 16th. It's, you know, one of those big, like, galleons or something. I don't know enough nautical terminology to confirm or deny your assertment there. It's but a- I will say it's a ship that looks like a pirate ship, except it looks like a ship that a pirate ship would actually attack. It doesn't look like it's a real pirate ship. Yeah, I don't see any pirate flags. Mm-hmm. I see no flags. Mm-hmm. And then there's a submarine that's right next to it. Oh, it's this is some fun we stuff. We got a we got a, is a zeppelin up there or a blimp or is there a blimp? Yeah, by the by the pilgrims. <gasps> there is a blimp by the pilgrims. There are some pilgrims as well, and they're wearing like the the real pilgrimy hat. Yeah. It is like is like such a definitive pilgrim. <laughs> George, we need you to draw a definitive pilgrim in a blimp in this panel. Well, but yeah, the entire page just and, and a pterodactyl and a pterodactyl. Yeah, the whole page just boils down to, like, all the times are together and it's wacky. Mm-hmm. And the next panel 
the next page, next two pages are this big double page splash. Uh huh. It's a Where's Waldo of DC characters. Yeah. See if you can find um, Star Sapphire. I found her because I I was I was pointing it out. Um, it's just a lot of heroes and villains though on these two pages uh, in the monitors satellite mm-hmm. with Harbinger and Alexander Luther and Pariah kind of giving people the rundown. And can Pariah fly? Because it looks like he's about to take flight or fall like and crowd surf through all of these years. <laughs> I like that Pariah thinks this is a concert and is just ready. Ready to do a stage dive. <laughs> he does kind of look like he's floating. Alexander Luther definitively seems to not be able to float, but Harbinger can. Mm-hmm. With her, with her whole face thing, and then just like the spot for her, her hair to stick out the back. Mm-hmm. So we've got all three of those characters saying, "Hey, you've got to trust us and listen to us, and uh, we've got we to to save the universe." Right. Yeah, man. A lot of these pages kind of boil down to like one concept in this comic. Yeah, and um, we get we get a few heroes saying that they are kind of confused and what's going on and everybody explains it to them we got one lady who looks like she's like fainted uh really yeah like she's really just overcome and she needs her smelling salts or something oh she definitely looks oh she's a mermaid Oh, yep, that would be problematic. I'm not sure who that is. Oh, my gosh. I, I didn't look it up because I just now noticed her in there. Yep. I mean, you could look at this thing a thousand times and notice something different every time. Right. There's so many superheroes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, it's, I mean, it's kind of fun to look at. It'd be like a really cool, like, poster of all of the DC folks. I agree. It would be a really cool poster. Man, it's someone from an Aquaman comic, The Mermaid, but I'm not sure who it is. Is it Mara? I thought Mara had legs. Well, regardless. The next page, we have... um, Some discussion going on. Right. Basically, they call out Harbinger saying, Hey, we were supposed to trust you before, but now everything's worse. Right. Firebrand calls Harbinger a liar. Firebrand is now there. The Pariah is trying to, like convince them but he's so funny he says we use the monitor satellites computers to locate you all he observed all of you and kept records of your abilities we need you all working together which is just literally the identical pitch right right oh. but we do have some of our more like m- like mainstream earth one heroes that are kind of seeing this for mm-hmm. the first time yeah superman's kind of like okay i'm listening right and wonder woman is already convinced which uh wonder woman's the best mm-hmm and then we go back to the Earths, where we have Lois Lane reporting. Right. So we have Alana Lang and a Lois Lane kind of reporting in different bits. Mm-hmm. And we have, um, now I'm not sure if this is an actual DC character or just a guy that happens to be wearing a Davy Crockett hat. Um, but he's like, where's General Washington's troops? Yep. And he calls himself Tomahawk. Oh, poop. You're right. Yep. He is a DC character. Is he a DC character? I, think he, I mean, he calls himself Tomahawk, but he is probably a DC I don't character. know. We should look it up. There's so many, there's so many little bits. I, I'm just to the point now that I'm assuming every single character we see, or every single person we see in this comic has, has their own set of comics. He doesn't, any background character probably was just drawn in there. 
Yes. Uh, it is somebody who is in Star Spangled comics, like, in the 40s and 50s. Okay. But he's, like, a person who's in the French and Indian War rather than the American Revolution. So it's, like, French and Indian War comics. He's also, How like... How niche. Yeah. That is very niche. It's it's the whole, like, Indians fighting settlers thing. Oh. Ugh, yawn. Um, it's just... I don't know why they thought it was... I mean, this guy calls himself Tomahawk, and he is... And then we have blonde as heck. Greeks of Seti Alpha G or Alpha Six. Yes, and he calls her Lois Lang, which I thought was was a yes. fun touch. And says, yes. "I thought I saw your hollow sculpture once." Because he's touring the Legion headquarters, which the Legion of Superheroes, the teenage superheroes from the future, right, have this like whole big, if, if I remember right, this whole like shrine to like the age of heroes and like our current era. They love Superman. I'm glad you also enjoyed the Lois Lang bit. Oh, you noticed I it too? It as well. I'm glad you noticed. <laughs> and then we have Dr. Light uh, speaking in Japanese. And apparently, I guess she's the only superhero aboard the Monitor satellite that doesn't speak English because she's like, what's going on? Right. Even this blob person next to her apparently speaks English. <laughs> right. So Katana's going to translate for her. Because uh-huh. uh, we all remember that Katana can speak Japanese after that last issue where nobody could. Dr. Light just always looks kind of angry. Dr. Light seems just like... She just has no time for our BS. <laughs> oh. And uh, back to Alexander Luther for the pitch. Um, and he drops this bomb that the monitor's dead. Mm-hmm. Which apparently nobody else knew. Which I guess, why would, why would they? Right. And the Harbinger's got to admit, well, I sort of killed him because I was made to kill him. But I'm here to help. (laughs) Definitely a trustworthy pitch there. And then Alexander Luther explains about the enemy who is destroying to trying to destroy all the positive matter universes. Talks about Earths 1 and 2 that are separated by, by, by vibrations. And that, um... The infinite number of universes was not really the way that it was meant to be. Mm-hmm. Which, who decided that? No idea. In real life, we probably have infinite universes. Uh, that's more than I can wrap my brain around. I know. Just one universe is a lot. Yeah. Yeah. What, what was that uh, show that we watched? We were that watching blew my mind? The New Cosmos. Yeah. And the first episode where it just talked about how small we were. And also about how small we were in just like the scheme of time. Yeah. I have always denied the existence of aliens until I saw that episode. And I was like, okay, there could be anything. <laughs> it's pretty eye-opening. <laughs> right. And that's just, I mean, it's, I, yeah. But. So our podcast is really important. Um, in the grand scre- scheme of the universe, obviously. Uh, we watched Cosmos. We're very important. <laughs> oh. So, uh, Alexander Luther is saying that we have to become one universe now. Right. The many must become one. Yes. And so then we have some... Some more individuals yelling. Just people that I just the, really don't know. We got know. The, the warlord. The warlord. And then there's this guy with green hair who's not the warlord. He's Creeper. His name is Creeper. I'm glad you looked this up. It says Creeper. And he goes, how do you know my name? 
Yep. Maybe he's just calling him a creeper. No, no. <laughs> no his he's, name I, is Creeper. Legitimately Creeper. I don't think Creeper was really a phrase people used a lot in the 80s. So yeah, the Phantom Stranger and the Spectre show up, and they're like heavy hitters in DC. Like, the Spectre is, the, is like the force of God's vengeance. Literally like capital G. Wow. Yeah, and the Phantom Stranger is like an immortal being with kind of yeah, it, somewhat it, godlike powers. Yeah, with an interesting speculative background there's like three possibilities four the high ride four that's right i think i had that comic with the it's like the what if or the secret origins of the Mm. of the phantom stranger i always want to like the phantom stranger but i just get kind of confused about him yeah it's like is he a a fallen angel that never took a side. Right, or like, well, like then Judas he has like some Iscariot is apparently it, one of them, right? Very biblical backstories of he, you know, had a had a a son that was killed when they were looking for Jesus, and you know, carried such anger with him that he demanded to be the one to get to whip Jesus, and like was you know cursed to yeah. live forever and not really actually be among men. I don't know. This is we there's some interesting stories there and it's just like whatever you think man these are all possible but the phantom stranger is very powerful and he looks kind of wizardy with the fedora fedora wizard he he kind of looks like halfway to me between doctor strange and the question okay i just you know the fedora with the cape is just a little too much for me it's a lot and the cape has, like, these two giant, like, brass or gold buttons or, like, fasteners on the side with a chain between them. You should do that cosplay. <gasps> Phantom Stranger? I'd have to shave. That'd be unfortunate. <laughs> I could do the next person, which I believe is Sergeant Rock, uh, but then I would just look like an army guy. Right. So then I would just seem like someone who's impersonating a soldier. Yeah, I can't really do that. No. Um... What about that green Swamp Thing? guy? Swamp Thing who is, is claiming that the earth has been changed and become dark and corrupt. Um, which I think was kind of alluded to in the last issue. I mean, it's like being consumed by antimatter. Mm-hmm. And then Alexander Reve- Luther reveals that not only are Earths 1 and 2 being affected right now, there's other Earths. It's pretty much every planet in the two universes are overlapping with their corresponding planet. Yes. Right. So we go to Ran, which is where Adam Strange is from. Mm -hmm. Adam Strange is like the most generic DC spaceman. He's got like a little blaster and a jetpack. And he's got funky looking dinosaurs with lots of eyes. Yeah, it's a it's basically like alien dinosaurs that are attacking on Ran, mm-hmm. which we're seeing from the monitor satellite. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he's got he's got a cute cute little toddler that looks like a. I'm assuming that's is that his. I I don't know if I it's think, his kid. I think it's just a toddler, a kid, just generic adorable toddler. I say that because it he looks a little bit like my toddler. Yeah, he does kind of look a little bit like our toddler. <laughs> Um, and trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah, it's this Crisis on Infinite Earths is how how long can we be confused? Right. And then, oh, what's her name with the hair? Uh, Starfire. Starfire. I'm just going to remember her hair forever. She's got a lot of hair. A lot of hair. They kind of toned down the hair in the newer Uh comics of Starfire. And she wants to know if her planet, uh, now am I saying this right, Tamaran? Tamaran. 
Which, Tamarin in a safe, and Harbinger says, only for now. Only for now. But her, only for now. So, <laughs> only for now. <laughs> so her name, so her name is Coriander, like Coriander, and her planet is Tamarin, like Tamarind. Spicy. Very much so. <laughs> Pariah then kind of makes a last ditch plea to say, I've seen universes die. We, like, we need everyone. I don't think anybody's, like, come out of their way to say, like, they don't want to. Right. They're just like, we're very confused. Mm -hmm. And Green Lantern mentions, like, hey, I can't get through to the Guardians. Right. Who He's saying this to the Earth 2 Green Lantern, whose power comes from an actual lantern and does not come from the Guardians of the Universe. He's like a magic Green Lantern, whereas... Um, in this case, it's John Stewart as Green Lantern is like the space cop Green Lantern. Mm. Then Alexander Luther says, okay, well, you guys can all go back to your planet and see the dangers for themselves, but decide quickly. Which, the- I- I'm like, why? Yeah, this, I, this didn't work for me. No. I, cause no one was like, I don't believe you. He was just like, see for yourself. And they, like... There was already bits of antimatter that were consuming the Earths before they did, like, the, the temporary overlap. So it's not like anybody's, like, hasn't seen any of this. Like, we all know the world is bonkers. Like, I don't, I don't know. Okay. But, you know, we need it to last some more issues, so. <laughs> Maybe. It is, I, this part's silly to me. And Earth 2 Superman says, like, yep, we'll send us back and let the doubters decide. And if there's any, if we can save anything, we will. Which, mm-hmm. yeah. So he shoots them all back. And we uh, come back and see some stuff going on with the news. Um, and Lois Lane, she interviews um, someone from the 18th century. Who's going to sign the Declaration of Independence. Mm-hmm. And somebody from like 2946. Yep. And then a caveman bites her microphone. Yeah, that bit's kind of fun. <laughs> just a, just a home. So we caveman. go back to Lana Lang. Right. Um, where Lana Lang. <laughs> I love the. We've lost communications with Lois Lane in Metropolis. <laughs> oh, that's fun. So then we go to space. Somewhere in the center of what is left of the known universe. So. The city, or the, sorry, the planet at the very center of the known universe is Oa, which is where the guardians of the universe live. Mm-hmm. And we've got all of these Green Lantern Corps folks uh, coming to see what's going on right. with the guardians. And they have to take a ship, which is strange because most Green Lanterns can just fly in space. Mm-hmm. But they have to take a ship because their power rings aren't working. Right. And the Guardians are being held in some sort of stasis beam. Right. And, uh, man, I love the Green Lanterns because they just look bonkers. Yep. They are so fun. All the fun little, little alien Yeah, there's, there's a dude who just, like, has a... I like the little, like, raccoon. Oh, yeah, I forgot who the raccoon is. Oh, boy. Um, so later in history, there are, are more Lantern Corps. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a Red Lantern Corps, and one of the Red Lanterns is just a cat. <laughs> uh, so this is got it's kind of fun. So I'm sorry, I interrupted. The, the The Guardians are in fact in a big stasis beam, and they the Green Lanterns charge in, and then another thing seems to happen that shoots from their yeah, central battery. Either, yeah, some sort of big explosion or some other sort of beam that seems to get all of the. 
Lantern core. Which the panel itself is kind of cool because the panel even looks like it's shattering mm-hmm. with this green blast. Yeah. I love when they play with panels and stuff like that. I think that's so neat. All right. And we return back to Earth One where we got like a saber toothed tiger about to attack someone. But Specifically then... Lois Lane. Oh, yeah, that is Lois Lane. And then Superman uppercuts this <laughs> saber toothed tiger. And Lois is like, Oh, you're you're old. Yeah. Whoa. Okay, Lois. <laughs> Thanks. He's like, I'm not from your earth. And then the other Superman is like, That's right, Lois. And he's <laughs> like, What? He just kind of shows up to like, Well, that's right, Lois. There's two Supermans. <laughs> this is old Superman and me. Don't I look handsome? <laughs> it's so good. Uh, then we get. Uh, well, Lois then is just like, uh, can I get a, a full, full explanation? She says, can we take this from the top? Mm-hmm. Then we have this fun little two-panel bit with Rip Hunter. The Time Master. Yeah. If any of you guys have watched the new show, um, oh my God, what's the show called? It's the DC show on the CW where there's, oh, Legends of Tomorrow. The dude in charge is Rip Hunter, the guy who's played by Rory from Doctor Who. So the the whole deal with Rip Hunter is that his time sphere is not working, and he says that or some there's a bunch of people on his ship, and some woman shouts, "Why can't we land?" And he says, "I wish I knew. Something's happened to time, and we're caught right in the center of it. That time is all one, I think, is what he's right, referring to. Right, right. You know, we have to get our cameos from everybody. Yeah, man, we really do. Yeah, Rip Hunter's just a time traveler guy. I'm not sure what makes him particularly more special. Um, the Rip Hunter from the show at one point says. Someone says, where is it, where are you from? And he says, from South London. Oh, and the future, which is great. <laughs> uh, so we go to Gotham City, Wayne Manor, um, and we've got quite the collection of folks there. Yeah, we've got a lot of the outsiders and then also kind of the Bat family just, just having some sweet chills. Uh-huh. And they, we meet our prehistoric folks from, like, issue two. Yeah, all Anthro and crew just kind of mm-hmm. come out of the bat cave. Yeah. And uh she still looks like she's pregnant and has a baby, so that's good news. Yep. This is his wife. Mhm. But yeah, so we've got an actual cave on top of uh or not on top of, but inside Gotham Manor. Right. Wayne Manor. Oh yeah, Sorry. it's not the bat cave. A cave just appeared. Right. <laughs> okay. Oh. But it's, it's another like, whoa, things are crazy, sort of. There's mm-hmm. a lot of this in this comic that's like, everything's gone wild. So now we go to, um, it seems like the USSR, because they say even behind a still somber and adamantine iron curtain, mm-hmm. there's a crisis. Right. Uh, and they note, um, they see... Red Star, Russia's only superhero. You'd think for a communist nation, you'd have more than one superhero banding together. You'd think there would be superheroes in places that spoke languages other than English. Yeah, and there's a million American superheroes, and there's one Russian one. Probably because the people who write comics are all living in America. Uh, And Red Star does not want help from Starfire, who is offering to help. Because this is still his country. Right. This dude looks goof-tacular. He has these, like, green goggles that I'm pretty into. Yeah, because you got to have goggles in Russia because it's cold. Goggles. 
I figure it's just because he's throwing big rocks and he needs eye protection. They look like ski goggles. They to do me. look a lot like ski goggles. And he throws he's... a giant rock at a Tyrannosaurus or some kind of dinosaur. Mm-hmm. And just knocks that thing right out. Oh. And when he says, it, it's my country, um, she retorts with, but it's our world. It's not her world. She's from Tamarin. Well, she says it's our world. True. This is, the whole point of this page, for the most part, is, like, this is such a great threat that even we, like, capitalists and communists can band together. Mm-hmm. And Red Star says, perhaps, if we all survive, the politicians will remember this cooperation and build a better world for us all. Yes. Isn't that just like our daily prayer? <laughs> I know, just every day now. <laughs> Oh, boy. So. They're wondering, what, or Red Red Star's wondering, hey, so why are you here? Right, and Starfire basically just says, like, hey, I need your help to tackle this whole problem. Which begs the question, why didn't, why didn't Red Star get called up to the Monitor satellite? Monitor just loves America. <laughs> I guess. I mean, Monitor's not, like, from the Earth. Right. Well... Monitor didn't call them, wasn't it? Like, it's Alexander Luther. Right. I don't know. Maybe he didn't know about Red Star. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's just a little bit of a plot hole. And then we find out that the spell has basically worn off of... Killer Frost. Killer Frost. Killer Frost Thank is you. no longer in love with Firestorm. Mm-hmm. Uh, for whatever reason. Uh, and Firestorm, I, I, I'm kind of trying to figure out if he's upset about this or not. Because he does call her honey, and then right. she's like... It's kind of like he's gotten used to it. Right. And then she's like, do not talk to me. And he's like, I thought she was in love with me. And then Professor Stein in his head is like, well, I guess not, bud. <laughs> guess we're done. <laughs> yeah. He's like, Psycho's py- pirate spell has faded. Right. And speaking of Psycho Pirate, on the next page... um we got Red Tornado screaming. Yeah, the 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 great evil person is converting him into something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and while Flash is still in terror, he still says, do whatever you want to me, but leave him alone. Oh, Barry. Mm-hmm. Look at you. And uh, we see Red Tornado start to form into, like, a, a tor- red tornado. Like, a, like an actual... A literal tornado. Right, like a big storm that um, the... Uh, the evil person is going to unleash upon the sort of mm-hmm. merging planets. He says he's changing him to what he was meant to be, and this change is irrevocable. Never again will he be the red tornado you once knew. That seems like that's a line directly said to us, the readers. Right. They even It even says at the beginning, and what of Red Tornado, who is once a valiant member of the Justice League of America, that being simply no longer exists. Uh, the the drama. Yes, it's very high drama. The stakes are high. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get a little vignette on Earth 2 of an older couple who has seen their daughter. Who passed away. Who passed away years ago. But they're seeing her sort of through, like, it's almost like a, a, a semi-transparent, like, bluish wall. Right. And it, it uh, the narrator tells us that they are not seeing their, their daughter, but her Earth-1 counterpart, since they are on Earth-2. Right. Whereas so- Earth-1, like, it is literally, like, 
things that happened on Earth 2 happened later. So it kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're starting to see these bluish images of other Earth or of the other Earth popping up on Earth 2 mm-hmm. and is sort of sort of this interesting version of how the worlds are merging. Right. They even see on Earth 2 Legion headquarters, like Legion of Superhero headquarters, but there is no Legion on Earth 2. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of showing that time's getting mixed up, which is interesting because the Legion is here, and so Supergirl, but I don't think that's Earth 2 Supergirl, because Earth 2 Supergirl is Power Girl. So it's definitely just Earth 1 Supergirl chilling on Earth 2 with the Legion. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of confusingness. What's going on? Things are bad. And then we have the red tornado. Mm-hmm. Right on the next page. Yeah. Red tornado is, is a giant storm, like huge, like about mm-hmm. to consume a jet and the justice society of America, which is a, an earth two organization. That's kind of like the justice league sort of springs into action. But what are you going to do against a ginormous whirling red tornado storm. Well, if you're the wildcat, who is a guy who dresses as a cat, but I don't think has a whole lot of other powers for the most part, starts trying to save people who are caught in the the storm. Mm-hmm. Dr. Fate, who is the guy with the golden helmet there, mm-hmm. he is a huge, he has huge magic power, so I feel like he thinks he can probably take this, this storm on. Yeah. And... We've got, yeah, all of them kind of shooting their powers up at the storm. For me, if I encountered some sort of supernatural phenomenon, I don't, I don't know. I guess every superhero's instinct is just blast <laughs> Lasers. <laughs> yeah, when I see a tornado, I tend to just shoot at it. <laughs> right. Specifically, the Justice Society of America, who are sort of the Earth 2 Justice League members. So we've got, um, like, Dr. Fate and Power Girl and the Wild Tat Ted Grant. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Ted Grant doesn't really have powers and is just trying to save people who are caught in the storm. While the rest of the superheroes are just kind of trying to fly up there, maybe shoot at it. Definitely get their wind, the like, wind blowing their hair back. Yeah, I guess as much as you can do against, uh... Semi-natural, supernatural phenomenon? Mm-hmm. Red Tornado's a robot. Robo-natural. Well, I don't know. That dark shadowy figure said he thought that he was a robot, but realized he was something more. Mm. Yeah, I guess that's true. But regardless, he will never be the same. Yep. Uh, so then we have all of the... The magic users of DC banding together to stop the storm. So we've got Zatanna, who uh, Zatanna's magic powers work. She just talks backwards. Mm, so she says... Winds cease to be, oh, but it's like... See, I was going to read the sentence from the end of the sentence to the beginning, which wouldn't have made she sense. She just says the words Beach backwards. cease winds. Yep. Which wouldn't make sense. Right. So. <laughs> I don't... That that seems like that'd be a tough skill to learn. Right. Zatanna's great. Mm-hmm. Although she's missing her fun hat. Zatanna normally has, like, a top hat, and I think that's really good. So, with the combined powers of Zatanna and Thunderbolt and Sargon the Sorcerer... I love how everybody's roll-calling themselves, which is it's just handy. And then also Dr. Fate, who does not roll-call himself, but I know Dr. Fate. And they cease the winds and the rain... 
and then whatever whatever being caused this tornado like flies to the ground whatever being being red tor- tornado mm-hmm. oh we did miss that ted grant why the wildcat got hit with lightning and like took a bad fall oh yeah it's somewhat important and then we have flash that's uh going to check out this is yeah earth 2 flash specifically mm-hmm. so he's got the the fun hat with the little wings on it kind of a mercury-esque hat mm-hmm. i think it looks so goofy it's got the little wings it's fun <laughs> so he goes and sees that it's red tornado and is like wow i thought he was one of the good guys and but they conclude well who knows <laughs> right who knows how a robot would be affected by all this um but then they all go to check on wildcat and His legs are shattered. They don't think he'll ever walk again. Right. But Wildcat did save save a girl, even though he accidentally dropped her when he was trying to save her. Mm-hmm. What a good uh, dude. Yolanda Cotter. Yep. Yolanda Montez. Mm-hmm. Um, who caught her and was glad to help. And With at this that, point, everybody's like, all right, Harbinger, we agree to help. Right. It's it's a like a whole montage of people decide that they want to help. Which I feel like they could have all signed on to that earlier without seeing. I don't know. I don't know. Ugh. We had to have some fun panels of explosions and mm-hmm. stuff. And Wildcat had to be paralyzed. Yes, they specifically do this. It, it, it will lead into things. Mm-hmm. I remember that Wildcat specifically got injured for a pretty good storyline reason Mm. so now we're back on the monitor satellite where they're talking about um he only brings a few people up and tells them that they're going to need to save the remaining three universes Mm -hmm. so other than earths one and two there are three universes that have not been destroyed yet of the infinite universes Mm -hmm. um and we've got uh dr light there who's like I don't want to be involved. Turns out Alexander Luther speaks Japanese because, of course, he did. Yeah, Alexander Luther. You grew up in two days. You know everything. You know how to speak Japanese. You got sweet hair. You make a metal metal clothes for yourself. And Alexander Luther is preparing to sort of. Sorry, I'm getting a little sleepy. He's preparing to transport them to one of these Earths, but then the station itself starts to like shake apart. Mm Hmm. Uh, it's undergoing an attack from our enemy. Right. And then we uh, see that enemy themselves, well, the at least their their abode. Mm-hmm. Um, Psycho Pirate is shocked that the evil one is manages to do this without any weapons. And like, I don't need weapons, dude. Yeah, I don't... He, he does not need any weapons, but apparently thinks that this will only delay them, won't destroy them for good. Mm-hmm. And... The Flash is just trash-talking trash here. You talk, big mister, but I haven't seen you do anything to prove yourself. Your emotion-controlling dupe can't even hold me down. Why do you keep hiding yourself? What are you afraid of? Show yourself. And so the the evil one decides to show himself in a big full-page splash on the next page. Greetings, Flash. I hope the anticipation has been worth it. Call me the Monitor, and very soon I shall be ruler over all who live. Mm-hmm. And it's like a creepy metal dude. And I got to this point in the comic, and I was like, oh, that's kind of a cool end to the comic. It's not the end. Uh, I, it's, <laughs> it's so much not the end that I had written up the entire 
um, like the entire summary and was like ready to quit and went, oh, there's there's one more page. So this page, it goes to Earth X, which the whole deal with Earth X is it's what if World War Two kept going for a very long time. <laughs> so right. it was ba- it's like the Nazis didn't lose quick enough so they are like in somewhat of power and we find um that this is being this world's being consumed by antimatter but the group of heroes from this world the freedom fighters seems so somewhat ready to resist mm-hmm. i love i love uncle sam here. yeah there's uncle sam human bomb phantom lady and people i don't remember but they're like ready to get in there they like run toward the antimatter yeah which what do they hear? What do they think they're gonna do? Punch it? I just okay. Well, that's the actually the end of this comic. Um, on the next issue, we have the Freedom Fighters, Captain Marvel family, Blue Beetle, Captain Adam, Peacemaker, Nightshade, and many, many more. We're gonna travel to those other Earths. Yep. Yep. <laughs> well, it'll be fun. Um, I love Captain Marvel, so I'm excited. Yeah, I'm just, I'm a little overwhelmed with the deluge of superheroes i know it's i think if it was marvel you'd maybe be able to do it a little better because you're more familiar with the characters too whereas i read this so early on i didn't know any of these people i've learned about them since it was somewhat difficult for me to get through crisis the first time i can't even imagine the first time you read crisis did you have the interwebs Mm, i did maybe and wikipedia was a thing but I don't think the DC fan wiki was quite what it was. Right. So it was something else. Um, and it's just like, how do I look up lady with green goggles in yellow? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's how I feel about a lot of it, too. Like, even now, like, I could probably somewhat figure it out. I don't know. Just there's so many. Yeah, there's a lot. So many. And a lot of them just kind of drop you in. It's like, here's... Ted, we Grant. gave you this cam this cameo for those people that already know this character and just want to be like, oh, there's my favorite character. You know what I love more than anything? That dude Tomahawk from those French and Indian War comics. <laughs> Who is that for? I don't know. It's I don't know. Uh, accolades. Accolades. All right, you're gonna start with the best line. My best line is from Killer Frost. Okay. Killer Frost says back to Firestorm after he calls her honey, I hear you, fool, and be pleased I do not freeze your very blood. <laughs> I just thought that was kind of a fun line from a Killer Frost who's been besought. Yeah, she gets to be her regular old frosty self again. Yeah, and I thought that was kind of fun because I, I was, Firestorm was like, oh, sheesh, girls, am I right? And now he's like, what now she's mean to me? <laughs> What's your best line? My best line's from Elongated Man. Mm-hmm. When he, they, he, they're they all zapped up to the monitor satellite and he goes, Holy cow! What happened? One second it looked like everything is going to go kablooey and next we're aboard the Death Star Squared. <laughs> That's fun. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Elongated Man's powers are being stretchy and he's also a detective. Mm-hmm. I was shocked in that page, the number of stretchy DC characters. Three. Yes. Yeah. I feel like, okay. I mean, I guess there's a lot of characters who can fly and are strong. Yeah. Well, let's see. In Marvel, we've got, who'd be stretchy? You have- Mr. Fantastic. Mr. Fantastic. To some extent, Miss Marvel can kind of be stretchy. 
the newest Miss Marvel. Oh, okay. Because her powers are kind of to change her shape and size, so she can kind of stretch. Right. So, debatably, she doesn't, she doesn't like, do it to the extent of, like, Mr. Fantastic seems like he's always stretching. Right. Right. What's your coolest moment? Uh, my coolest moment, I, I feel like it's always so hard in Crisis because it's like they like to have montages of just cool moment after cool moment after cool moment. But what's so the coolest me, moment? Plot-wise, the coolest moment is the monitor's reveal of his plan of what was why it was okay that he died. Oh, that is a, that's a pretty cool plot moment. Mm-hmm. My coolest moment is the reveal of the evil monitor. Yeah, and his creepy face. Yeah. I think when I read this the first time, I thought he was the same guy who was the other monitor, mm. and I was very confused. <laughs> That's hard. Right. It, he's not. For those of who, who are wondering, he's just calling himself the monitor now because he's a jerk. Mm-hmm. All right. And the greatest hero? My greatest hero is Alexander Luther for just kind of out of nowhere taking taking up where the monitor left off, even though he was born two days ago or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mine, I had to go with the monitor to recognize him for his sacrifice to save the universes. Yeah, R.I.P. monitor. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not one I was, like, super enthusiastic about, but I'm like, okay, I guess we've got to give him some props. We were a little bit iffy about him to start with, but I guess he did some good stuff. Right. All uh, right, the Crusher Creel Award for Silly Villainy. Who's yours? Uh, the Psycho Pirate for calling The Flash... Flasher. Flasher. Oh, God, it's so goofy. That's what I should have done. Oh, that one's really good. My Crusher Creel Award for Silly Villainy goes to the evil monitor for just suddenly deciding, I guess I'll show my face now. I had no reason to bef- not to before. Because he goes like, the Flash taunts him, and he's like, I'm immune to your taunts, but sure, I'll show my face. Because now it is convenient for the plot. <laughs> for plot reasons, I'll show my face. <sighs> All right, listeners uh, and readers, thank you guys for sticking with us for another episode of Chris's on Infinite Earths. As always, you can tweet at us or find us on Facebook. We are at Chris's Pod. Mm-hmm. You can email us at Chris's on Infinite Earths at gmail.com. Uh, you can also rate or review us on iTunes, Stitcher, or any other place you'd really be able to find podcasts that do ratings. We really appreciate your ratings and reviews. That helps us get seen. Um, we've, we've got, gone up ever so slightly in the subscriber count and it's been very fun. My favorite thing is seeing all of the different countries, uh, that we've spread to, which assuming that our, uh, our tracking, our episode tracking and, uh, Podient is correct. We've, we've made it to like seven or eight countries. I think we most recently added China. So hi, China. Really? Hi, yeah. China. <laughs> That's fun. China and France are some some newbies. Yeah, hello France. <laughs> it could also be uh, French French Guiana Guiana because mm-hmm. they weird both that it doesn't they both highlight on our little map there. So I mean, I don't know, but yeah, we're 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 slowly we're slowly spreading across the continents, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I can't wait till we have our first Antarctic listener. I uh, well, I'm just holding out for. For Australia or Africa, or, yeah, Africa. I don't think we have any African uh, or some yet. of the uh, the 
islands that like New Zealand's. Oh, like Oceania. Yeah. Yeah. Because we've had South America before and North America. Oh, yeah. We've got some Brazilian listeners. Hi, Brazil. Hi, Brazil. We have Europe and then now Asia. That's Mm -hmm. exciting. Considering we're just recording this from our little closet (laughs) in the Midwest. All right. Uh, So thank you once again for listening, subscribing, downloading, sharing, all those great things. Uh, We appreciate you guys. And until next time, slay your enemies and all you desire shall be yours. Mm